The Spanish announce table. We had a raw reunion of which we will break down, you know, the individual segments throughout the show, of course. But uh, let's let's give some bird's eye view of the overall thing. I want to say this. How it came across was fine for a raw reunion. But can we not do that for the Christmas show or can we not do that for the Thanksgiving show, right? That makes sense. The Thanksgiving show should be the raw reunion, right? Because that's when people gather, at least in America mm-hmm. traditionally. Um, you know, you know, again, word is some of this may have been forced upon them by USAA, and we discussed how this could be done better throughout the year. Uh, but the raw reunion, at least, I mean, sure, the writing was fine and those spots were okay, but nothing really was amazing to me. I agree with you 100%. I thought this was a tribute to the troops type of show or a Christmas week special show or a Thanksgiving week special show. Uh, I think everything was fine. Uh, the two biggest criticisms aren't that great uh, for them, even though I didn't hate anything and everything was enjoyable. Uh, but the two biggest criticisms I had of the show is one, there was absolutely no reason for me to tune in next week. They said nothing of you gotta watch next week because fill in the blank. They did the Bray Wyatt mankind or Mick Foley, excuse me, the Bray Wyatt Mick Foley uh, attack. And that was cool. And that was something, but again, why? And, and Bray Wyatt's character right now doesn't need the why answered. He can just be causing, you know, havoc on all the roster. So I'm okay with that. And I thought that was a really good spot for a, Oh my God, what will happen next week? Kind of thing. I'm over exaggerating it, but it was something right. But even if you look, uh, Oh, so that was my, my biggest thing, right? Nothing to look forward to next week. And then my second biggest criticism is it really felt like a paint by numbers reunion show, uh, even more so than past reunion shows where it was just, for example, uh, John Cena kicks off the show. Usos come out. Usos say, hey, uh, we want you to rap. It was fine. It was cute. I liked how Cena brought up the arrest and Usos went with it and shouted out the county. Like I think it was like Dade County or something, wherever they got their DUI. And it was like, good looking out. Thought it was a cute moment. They're about to dance because Rikishi then comes out. Everything's you know smooth sailing here, right? We're getting everything in there. And then the heels come out. As they should, and they say, like, you guys suck, we're the best, and we're everything is good and on track. And so Rikishi's gonna be in the Usos corner because that's his sons, right? But this is where I go to that paint by numbers, it felt hollow and, and just not genuine or any storytelling or continuity. But why would Devon be in the corner of the revival? Yeah, I don't know. You just and, needed a legend. You just needed a legend there. So it was a uh, plug and play. Well, well Devon standing next to me. He's a legend. Have him go out there. Like it didn't make any sense. I get that he was a tag team specialist, but why is he friends with the revival? There was no story. It was just, we have to have a legend. So let's just put one in. And that's what I mean by that paint by numbers. It was just, here's a legend spot. Put one in. Here's a legend spot. Put that one in. And nothing felt continuity that was gone no sense of soul or, or character building or anything except for that one segment where Bray Wyatt attacked uh, Mick Foley. Even at the very end, you had all the legends come out. Why wouldn't all the legends and the roster, the main roster, be in that ring together, right? Stone Cold said, we're all family. 
But all I saw was the old timers hanging out and hugging on each other. Mm. They were never interacting with the main roster. Even Seth Rollins, uh, at the end of his match with AJ Styles and the OC, now that's what we're calling them, it was the click circle jerk while Seth Rollins stayed on the outside and then they let him in. Yeah, and you know, to roll into, you know, this way we'll save one of these segments because we kind of you hit on it a little heavy, that that opening segment, um, the Cena aspect of it was so like so salesman john cena i mean the overdone motions and movements everything i saw of it was like this is why everybody wanted you gone <laughs> like it was so just cheesy and so bleh, that i was like that you know and, and i i get it because he's the you know that like that's how they work the whole rikishi thing right because he's he rapped loose come out they rap well let's bring out you know, daddy to dance and, and stuff like that. And then of course their team, right. That all seemed to flow, I guess how, you know what I mean? It was easy writing, but yeah, then the Devon out of nowhere, because also That's- those, those guys aren't Devon and the Dudleys were not revival type wrestlers. You need like a, a more grittier team. Yeah. Like an yeah. AOP would be more for a Devon than a revival. Yeah. Like, so, so I mean, I'm talking a, like uh, an Arn Anderson, right? Although you don't, you know, he's not allowed, but you get the yeah, he's idea, gone. right? Totally Blanchard's it, gone, yeah. Bl- right, it should have been somebody along those lines, right? A, you know? Flair. Like, right, but even that, like just somebody that, right? That whole, like, all we did was come out in trunks and wrestle, you know? Like that, like Steamboat would have been better. Like just something, although Steamboat's never right. Heard, but you get the idea. Yeah, yeah, that's where, but that's where I felt like, okay, we've already jumped off the rails. This doesn't make sense. We're just doing plug and play. Uh, we need a spot here. Grab that body, put them there. doesn't matter if it makes sense or not. We just need to keep this train rolling. And that's where I was just kind of like, all right, fine. And again, nothing was bad. I thought the 24-7 thing was all tongue-in-cheek fine. Medusa trying to throw it in the uh, garbage can and, uh, million dollar man buying his second championship, not only the WWE championship, but now the 24 seven championship again, thought it was fine and neat. Uh, I was a little exhausted. I will say this though. I am almost off of the hype train, uh, for getting behind our truth versus, uh, Drake Maverick. I, I, I think it's, mm-hmm. we'll save it. We gotta we'll do get something into different it. here. Guys. Yeah, save it. We'll get into yeah. it. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, I just, again, it felt like, I was like, is it Christmas? I don't understand why we're wasting a week here. Yeah. The, the, the thing I would have done is have them interact more with the main roster than just stand in the corner to help them lose a match, do more things. And again, that final segment, have everyone out there. If we're all family, let me see it. I want to see Becky Lynch standing next to Kevin Nash, you know, like, let me see that we're all family, not just the old timers are yeah. kicking the young whippersnappers out and standing in the middle of the pool. Because here's what I know. I know Bray Wyatt named his kid Nash, K-N-A-S-H. Like, I know there is a family aspect to this that I'm not aware. You know what I mean? Like, that we wouldn't mm-hmm. we wouldn't know that by watching television programming, but we would have seen that there at least. You know what I mean? Well, maybe he's wouldn't have been out there. That would have been a weird character to have out there but yeah uh, moving on the spanish announce table 
The wrestling gods have bestowed upon you an, an early look into your birthday gift, right? You won't receive your birthday gift yet, but you know what's coming for your birthday gift. The gods, the wrestling gods, on October the 2nd, will debut All Elite Wrestling's to-be-named show, which we all believe is going to be Wednesday Night Dynamite due to patents that they applied for. So, what do you think? Well, I think it's a fitting birthday gift uh, that the wrestling community has bestowed upon me. I think specifically this is the Young Bucks trying to get my good graces because of how much I dislike Mm -hmm. uh, them being a part of the wrestling industry. Um, but, you know, I'm open-minded. Maybe they can win me over. All things are possible. All I need is, you know, the shirt on my back and the hope in my heart, and I'm good to go. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but I think this is going to be interesting because now, essentially, you will have wrestling uh, throughout the work week every other day, right? So Monday Night Raw will be on Mondays. Uh, Wednesday Night Dynamite with AEW will be on Wednesdays. And then SmackDown Live will be on Friday nights moving uh, to Fox in the fall. So every other night you're going to get pro wrestling. And then once a month, you're going to get a pay-per-view on a Sunday night. So the interesting thing for us, and maybe we can talk offline about this, uh, but how do people talk about pro wrestling, right? Cause now we're on a train that's never stopping. So it's, uh, Monday and Wednesday and Friday and Sunday and Monday and Wednesday and Friday and Sunday. And then you have NXT with takeovers on Saturday. So when are we going to be upset? When are we going to have time to be upset? Cause we're going to just be constantly watching pro wrestling. Well, yeah. And that's like, so a thing for our show where it's kind of designed around like weekly recaps, you know, uh, that's hard to do because somebody we're going to just be behind on. Right. We used to have that issue when we were trying to include mm-hmm. impact a lot or TNA at the time, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it was, it was mm-hmm. both. Uh, uh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, everybody will have a little bit of adjusting, but that also might be a good thing too. Right. Because, you know, yeah, and I, I was I was bringing up our podcast because, you know, we're recording the podcast now. But really, my uh, my thought is, how will the IWC react to all of this wrestling? You know, something's going to have to be third. I think All Elite Wrestling is going to try their damnedest to make Wednesday Night Dynamite number one. So they're either going to be one or two. And the way that it's trending right now, even though it's their flagship show... I feel that Raw is the weaker of the two shows, so that might actually get the you know third place viewing, not as far as numbers, but as far as buzz, right? Because you know they can only do so many Raw reunions yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that gets the ratings. I mean, let's talk about this. So, if we want to count, you know, major distribution television in the United States, even we've got let's count them. Well, there's Raw, there's SmackDown. We're going to have AEW. There's ROH has got mm-hmm. distribution. Impact Wrestling. MLW's mm-hmm. getting some. Uh, New Japan. And then, I mean, mm-hmm. if you're going to count NXT, too, and they may very well be moving to FX or, or you know, FS1 or something. So, like... Fox Sports 1. Yeah. One. Like, yeah. Uh, that's eight. That's eight brands running around at the mm-hmm. same time that everybody's got some sort of interest in. So, it's so much. There's so much work out there for for performers there's so much content though to consume and then there's also all the online stuff that they each of them ask us to consume also there's it's a tipping point right the bubble has to burst somewhere and i don't know where that falls but i think it may be interesting to watch 
Yeah, we're going to really see uh, once AEW gets their feet underneath them uh, who the real hardcore fans are, right? Because then there's going to be some other television that you don't watch now because of all the content you had just mentioned, right? So do not watch your Wednesday night program that you used to be accustomed to watching because there was no pro wrestling, right? And then you say, pro wrestling's number one, got to watch that. So uh, I think it's going to be really, really fascinating to see uh, AEW debut on a Wednesday night. I think it's a good night, right? Fridays. I'm I'm not sold on a Friday night wrestling show. I know uh, we used to call it Diet Raw when uh-huh. SmackDown was on uh, Fridays, but it was be- more of a Diet Raw because it was just a Raw recap well, or yeah. just you know no be, real storylines. It may be different, and I think part of this may involve the legends too, because I think they said like the average viewer at that age that they were trying to garner anyway was like 55 plus that's who's home watching uh tv at that time of night on a friday and that's who they were traditionally going after anyway was fox and so this was kind of a marriage mean uh you know what i mean in heaven here and i think they may go with it we i think we're gonna see the cenas the goldbergs the lesners the the austin show up like on the smackdown because it's going to be that You know what I mean? It's going to be that mainstream explosion for the old folks. Yeah, we'll see. I just know as a wrestling fan in the age that I'm at, I still like to go out and do things. You know, we talk each week about what we did and we're typically doing something. I mean, it may not be noteworthy and long form to discuss it, but we're doing something. And if, you know, Friday night's our first night to get out and do something out, you know, out in the wild as it is. So maybe SmackDown doesn't get the eyeballs that it should. So it's going to be fascinating. Uh, what do you think, though, as we kind of change the discussion a little bit here outside of just mass content of wrestling? What do you think about a weekly show for all elite wrestling specifically. How do you think that'll look from what you saw from these first events that they've done? And how do you think that will play out as you know, time goes on? I just want storytelling. The best times in wrestling have always accompanied great storytelling. Look, I love how, you know, everybody's like, they're the greatest athletes and we've got some of the greatest athletic rosters right now. And yeah, of course they've always been good at, I mean, some of them were not good athletes in the old days. Don't get me wrong, but they were still Mm. more athletic than the average person. And they did athletic performances and it was just a different time. Then even the athletes then weren't the way the athletes are now. So that kind of goes over my, I'm like, ah, yeah, great. But like also when it was really good, they had that and the storytelling so that if it's got that, I'm going to like it at least in that regard, right? And then it'll be up in the air whether or not I like the stories or, Mm -hmm. or, you know what I mean, the people. But I just hope there's an attempt to get back to consistent storytelling that goes over time. So I'm wanting to tune in the next week. Yeah, I'm interested, though, uh, and those are all great points, but I'm interested in how they progress the storylines because right now what they're doing is youtube right and that's pretty not easy but it's pretty canned quick and you can make fun videos and take two and things like that and all of the you know sean spears did a sit down interview with jim ross and then tully blanchard came out if something happened there they could do a take two but will they continue to do that style of promos and advancing the stories or will they Go back to the traditional, hey, we're backstage. I'm backstage reporter talking to Wrestler X. Wrestler X, what do you have planned for tonight? You know, do they do that? So I'm interested 
interested in how they get the storylines going now that YouTube may not be their biggest crutch to lean on. Now they actually have to produce for a weekly television show. And how do you do that? Do you continue with your movie style promos and things like that? Or do you go back to that, you know, NWA, WCW, uh, Tony Schiavone sitting in front or standing in front of a live crowd and Ric Flair's cutting a promo. Do you do those kind of things? That's where I think it's going to be interesting because Dean Ambrose has that, uh, that experience, right? Cody has that experience. Uh, Kenny Omega, not so much young bucks, not so much, uh, a Joey Janela, not at all. So those are the people where, how are we going to, uh, hide the, the flaws and then, you know, push to the front, the strengths. That's what I'm going to be interested in seeing. Now we lament WWE for, you know, it's all got to go through Vince and it's a single guy and, and whatever. Uh, I mean, that's the way it should be. Typically, we just think the guy who's doing it right now is out of his mind now, right? Or just stuck in his ways. Where where they may run into a problem there is: is there somebody in charge? Hard stop at the top of creative over there. Do we know that? Like, is somebody the final decision maker on? Hey, no, you're not saying that. You're saying this, or no, we're this. Mm-hmm. This guy's going over, right? Like, it'll be interesting to see if the inmates are running the asylum over there. Right. That, yeah, that's another aspect to uh, pay attention to. Uh, if you were to guess, though, now we have you know way we have a lot of time here. We're we're in July. This happens at the beginning of October. But do you, what type of splash do you think they'll make? Because they already did the John Moxley, right? That was their first show as far as a pay-per-view. John Moxley, formerly known as Dean Ambrose, makes his debut. Wow, that was crazy. He took out Kenny Omega. Amazing. Let's tune into the next one, right? Now we're building to the first show on TNT. Uh, what kind of uh, tricks up their sleeves would you guess that they're going to play on that first show? Lex Luger and come out and stand and stare down John Moxley or Cody at the end of the show. I don't know. I don't think so. Cause I don't know that anybody's like, is there anybody we've forgotten about that's been hiding out? But I, I if that's mm-hmm. the case, I don't know that they're well, like, what, what do you got? Well, now who knows? Who knows, but enough time has passed and he may be getting that itch again. And we've seen him in a mask at an indie show and he is going to be a part of Starcast at all out. Uh, But in Washington, D.C. on October 2nd for the debut Wednesday night dynamite on uh, TNT with all elite wrestling, you could see the return in ring of one CM Punk. What do you think about that? I feel like CM Punk the way you feel about the Young Bucks. I mean, I feel about the Young Bucks the same way you feel about the Young Bucks. But mm-hmm. I'm always like, I don't care. Like, I don't particularly think he was ever that good. Nor do I think he, you know what I mean? Like, that I ever want to see. Like, I, I couldn't care less if I ever see him. Like, I don't. Right. But he moves the needle. He does. Oh, that'll be a great gift for them. Do not get me wrong. It'll be big news. Mm-hmm. And But for me, it's just that great like it almost makes me go like i do not want to sit through his tired shtick of of acting like his uh, you know his shit don't stink mm-hmm. which is one thing like when he's trying to be healed great like we talked about that with corbin right we're like we should not feel this good about yourself you know what i mean like and it came right. across as genuine mm-hmm. like because we i think we know now that it is genuine with with you know, phil brooks and uh i kind of mm-hmm. just like great i don't you know what i mean like i'm not 
happy that I would watch CM Punk again, but I'm also not like, like I'm not going to watch him. He's on, you know, but I'll just be like, great. CM Punk again. You know? I think if, I think the, the play that I would do, if you can't get a big name guy, some defector that leaves next month from WWE that could join, right? Like let's hypothetically say, uh, you know, Kevin Owens is done after SummerSlam and he's the guy, right? If you can't get something like that or a CM Punk, I think the way to best use that show for your first show is almost like a season finale. I would have some type of match, right? A Cody versus Kenny Omega or a uh, 60 man Iron Man match with uh, Hangman Page and um, Jericho or, you know, something like that. Some culmination of a feud and a storyline ending on the debut of the TNT show. I think that would be cool. So we're not just doing a lot of like, well, my arms are crossed. What do you got tonight? We can go into it going like, Oh shit. This is the payoff. This is the match that we've been waiting for. Almost treating it like it's a pay-per-view at the end of something. Instead of just saying like, this is the beginning. Look at the glitz and glamor and the bells and the whistles. And like now we you're building to something for the debut and you know there's going to be fallout, and that's the easiest way to get you tuned in to the next week. So I would use it almost in reverse for their debut. I think that would be a cool new wrinkle in a debuting show. The Spanish announce table. Okay, so we got another, uh, not debut, but another seeing, sighting of uh, The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. And if you noticed, even... In social media, he apologized to Foley, but also thanked him. You notice he used the mandible claw. I think there may be some aspect of what we discussed, possibly, of him stealing and using, maybe consuming the the moves of others, maybe? Am I maybe reading too much and just being hopeful? Uh, I think you're being hopeful. Yeah. I think that would be awesome. I don't think that they thought that way. Uh, I think what if we're peeking behind the curtain, most likely is uh, Mick Foley can't take a bump because of his health concern. So what's the easiest way to get him to a health concern? Well, let me put my hand on his back as we slowly Mm -hmm. lay him to the ground. Right. And that's what they did. Uh, I liked him on both uh, the fiend. That is Bray Wyatt. I liked him on both raw and SmackDown. So he comes out as Mick Foley does his really good promo and puts over the young talent, which was great. Um, Gets the mandible claw on him. And then you go to Tuesday night and they interview Finn and Finn's like, Hey, I didn't like what he did to me last week. So I want to match, uh, with whatever we're going to call him at SummerSlam. That was actually what he said. Bray Wyatt, the fiend, whatever we're going to call him. And then you hear the firefly Funhouse music Mm -hmm. and it's Bray Wyatt. Like, Hey, I'm a big fan. (laughs) This is really cool of you. Just want to let you know he accepts, but then, and then the, fucking switch and just that the the like facial expressions just go really dark and he's like understand like this isn't a person this is a monster and then the final thing that he says is let me in and you're like holy fuck are you gonna rape me like is he gonna rape finn balor let me into what (laughs) i mean look at his abs (laughs) Uh, you know, hey, give me a couple shots. I'm kidding. Uh, 
But really, what does that mean? Let me in. Because that's something different than we've ever heard from a, a heel. Typically, it's I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to conquer you. I'm going to end you. This sounds completely different to me. Let me in. Mm-hmm. Into what? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to, you're going to live, but I'm going to control you. That's kind of. Right. right. That's way scarier than I'm going to destroy you. I've heard people say they're going to kick my ass for years. Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't phase me anymore. But if some wacko came up to me and was like, I'm going to consume you. All right. Let me in. I'd be like, what in the fuck is this? I'll be locking my doors at night. You know what I mean? Not, right. Better be doing that anyway. But, you know, <laughs> but still, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's going to give me nightmares. Not the guy that's like, I'm going to destroy you because I am the savior of the masses. Okay, wacko, go get a megaphone and go stand mm-hmm. on the corner and yell that there. Like, that's what that sounds like. But this completely different. So with ta- attacking the legend Mick Foley and then that whole flip of Firefly Funhouse, we love Finn. We're gonna kill you. Let me in. What the fuck? That was fucking great. Loved it. The Spanish announce table. SmackDown opened up with what they're trying to push, the new Stone Cold Kevin Owens. And um I mean sure it still fit and you know his speech was good and uh, they're some storyline progression kind of maybe not really right they just you know fucked with him did shane and his cronies right there wasn't anything really a twist or a turn or anything yeah. right or a you know an avenue or anything it was just more right. of that of him going ah you know the the talking off of the bad things he used to do right <clears throat> mhm yeah i i just it was a good first segment right like we came off of the raw reunion what are we going to do to kind of start this show to be a little bit separate from that show because i didn't know maybe we get a smackdown reunion right and and then it's kurt angle edge uh chavo guerrero and you know we just play the fucking hits on this show uh so at least told me like okay at least we're gonna get back now to business so i will say that it was a good tone setter for what was a definite better episode between the two of SmackDown in comparison to Raw. Yeah, but now, I mean, it, the match is official, right? But that's what worries me is that this is just Shane's next match, and maybe Kevin Owens isn't the guy to take it down, right? He's just um, making the best of can, this. Yeah, can we stop that? I'm really hoping that this is Shane. We don't need Shane. Who's signing that petition to say more Shane matches? We're done, pal. Like, we don't need McMahons. I, I mean, we need McMahons because, you know, I like you guys. You're, yeah. you're fine. But we don't need you on TV. That's what I'm saying. Like, we don't need Shane. Get him out of here. Have Kevin Owens stun him out of his shoes. (laughs) He loses, rolls out. We do a zoom in on Shane's Jordans that, you know, he got stunned out of. And that's the last time I see him for a year. We know Shane had a broken face and he a year facial reconstructive surgery, right? Is the storyline, right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. This is I don't like this. It's not good, and I don't like it. And it's almost like it's like, yeah, okay, Kevin Owens, cool. I like that they're going with Kevin Owens allowing to just be, you know, I mean, that guy that he's playing. But I just kind of like, sure, I just wish this wasn't with Shane, and like, because it's already been so done that now it kind of missed the mark. Had they done this a few months earlier, maybe right when Kevin Owens came back, this might have been really on fire. But I just don't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sold. I, I like Kevin Owens, and I like what he's doing. I like it better than kind of where he was at slightly before this. Um, 
so yeah, but I'm just I worry now that it's still going to be Shane. We might even get this match again, another pay per view, and then they move on and Shane and somebody else, whoever's the next baby face. Until yeah, it's Smackdown just rotate baby on, face. Yeah. yeah, just rotate baby face to have Shane tell this story. And yeah. I don't know. I I think they may carry this into October. Yeah, wash, rinse, and don't repeat. That's what I would say to this. Just stop it. The Spanish announce table. All right, to cap off the you know self fellatio that was the Raw reunion, they, had, they ended it with the toast to Raw with. Uh, you know, which ended with Stone Cold, which, by the way, is still the most over person in the world uh, by the sounds of that crowd. Um, we, and isn't know, that interesting? Let's yeah. bring that up real quick. Let's just bring that up real quick. Now, of any of the legends, he did the absolute best. I am a Stone Cold fan as much as I can be. You know, Hulk Hogan raised me and Stone Cold got me through high school. Like I, Stone Cold has a very near and dear spot in my heart. But <laughs> if we're going to hate on Hulk Hogan, and maybe I'm being a Hulk Hogan apologist here, but hear me out. If we're going to hate and never let Hogan down on, he said an inappropriate comment when he didn't know he was being recorded, which doesn't really matter, but he still said an inappropriate comment on video uh, while he was going through a divorce. Yada, yada, but he still, Still said what he said, and we're just never going to forget it, and he's a racist. Then, let's not also forget that Stone Cold Steve Austin beat the shit out of his wife, Deborah, and we could just hold that against him until the end of time, right? No one wants to bring that up anymore. Yeah. All of his domestic uh, battery and assault and arrest at home for dis- uh D- domestic disturbances right we just wipe that under the cover but hulk hogan you racist because that one time that one day many moons ago you said that thing that i'm never gonna let you down on why do we do that why do we do that yeah i mean i don't well i'm sure everybody's got their own reasons for why we do that but it, it was interesting to me that i mean again it's newer i mean you know and it's it is just cooler i mean it's almost you know, unobjectively cooler is Steve Austin than Hogan. Um, Flair, you could argue, is more cool in in a in a different way, right? I think you've got two different types of cool there, right? But Flair is also seventy, so the nostalgia effect is lost some compared to Austin, right? You're gonna have more people nostalgic about Austin, but I don't know that. I mean, it was a continued roar you know what i mean like he put everybody to shame with his pop well yeah and you know why in my opinion also mm. we've missed him right. right he doesn't show up to everything anytime hey wrestlemania hey saudi yep. arabia like hogan or anytime i mean flair showed up getting beat up on his 70th birthday then he showed up at wrestlemania to i guess yep. cost batista the match like stone cold picks and chooses the right moment to come back and it makes sense. The other thing, though, and I will say, Hogan had a fine promo. He said the right place. He said Tampa. He didn't say yeah. Cincinnati or something. So he got everything right as far as the promo. And it was, you know, uh, A to B to C. And that was good. But when Stone Cold's music hit, 
there's a there's just a swagger and believability to him. He damn near ran right into RVD as he came out and didn't go like, a, oh, hey, good to see you, RVD. No, he was stone cold Steve Austin. He came out of there, bumped into RVD, basically said, get the fuck out of the way, walked down to that ramp, put his fist up like he yeah. was stone cold. It wasn't Hulk yeah. Hogan who's like, hey, guys, remember me? It was an actual character. Now, then he got on the mic and kind of went haywire, but yeah, well, that's why I think he got a big cheer. So it was, it was sold different, right? They all come out and stood there and we announced them and they waved. Whereas he gets shot out of a cannon, right? Like he gets to yeah. walk down with the swagger. Like I said, uh-huh. and it was then evident from then on, he is the conductor. Now I do know for a yep. large portion of raw, when he was on top, this was like a regular thing. He would come out. They would basically run like a, just a, variety act of whatever they felt like while they all got hammered right for the crowd that wanted to stay um and maybe that's what they were going maybe vince was like you know what that was some of my favorite times just go out there and do it for the cameras just keep it clean you know and maybe that's what Mm -hmm. what they did and maybe that made them all feel good because it was very evident everybody there on the stage and then in the ring with them had their eyes glued on him he was the ring leader unequivocally Mm -hmm. and i i it's Hard to argue that he's not the best of all time then at that point, isn't it? I mean, if even well, the, and also even of the age. workers are are enamored, right? Yeah, when, but when also talk the about, age, right? True, but and Ric Flair's had that aspect too. When we talk about when even the famous person is like, holy crap, did you just see who came in the room? You're on next level right. famous, right? And I think Ric Flair and Steve yeah. Austin have ascended to that. I think Hogan lost that at some point, if that makes any sense. Well, and <laughs> you know? I, again- well, because then he became known for something else, right? He became known for the celebrity figure that took down Gawker and had this sex tape. I mean, there was other things that yeah, were outside of Yeah, he was always a bit Hulk of a mainstream Hogan. media whore, too, right? Like, he'd do the commercials. Yeah, right, yeah. He the, would show right. up on celebrity fill-in-the-blank Get show money and now things like that. and whatever, right? right. Like that yeah. shit, right? The general commercials yeah. with Shaq. Yeah, he would do those kind of things. Which, hey, you know, make yeah, money, right? He juicer. went through a divorce. I get it. He yeah, could have had yeah, the exactly. Grill. I still that story is fucking poor crazy. guy. <laughs> poor guy. But I think also on top of the age difference, right? Stone Cold's not in his seventies, like uh, or sixties, mm-hmm. like uh, Hogan and and Flair. Uh, but he also was in good shape too, right? He didn't seem like mm-hmm. this recovering shell of a self that was just trying to get one more. Uh, you know, spot in the, in the sunlight, he was just like, yeah, no, I'm still here. Like see these biceps. If I didn't have this neck injury, you know, Brock Lesnar, I'd be kicking his ass. Like you're like, Oh shit, maybe you can. Cause he looked in shape. He walked in shape. You know, he looked still the part obviously he's aged, but he, it didn't seem like he couldn't wrestle next week. The Spanish announce table. Tom, the WWE network's been around what? Five years, something like that now? Yeah, I think five plus years. I think they had some type of celebration of five years a couple months ago, I believe. Mm-hmm. Well, they announced today, uh, July 24th, as we record this, that they will now be changing some features associated with the WWE Network this week, mostly to the user interface. The network will have a new design, a simpler navigation, and smarter search tools. They also released a video advertising these changes. It was noted the network will include signature superstar pages as well as new streaming features. The statement from WWE reads, 
We are pleased to inform you that WWE Network is being updated this week with a new design, a simpler navigation, and smarter search tools. In addition, please be aware of the following. One, you will need to log in with your email address and password the first time you use the updated WWE Network on each streaming device. Two, you will not need to set up a new account. You should use your existing WWE Network email address and password. Three, the update will occur on different devices at different times during the week. Um, so, that's good. I've always kind of said, hey, the the user interface left a lot to be desired. It was probably my only real complaint of it, aside from, you know, you can never have too much content, right? But I honestly, so I've used the WWE Network on a couple different uh, platforms, and it's been different on each platform, right? Yeah. So I have Roku, and I have the WWE app on Roku, and the user interface and homepage is completely different than that on PlayStation yeah, 4. Right. So that aspect right there, I hope they get uniformed and say, like, this is the homepage for Roku, for PlayStation 4, yeah. for, uh, you know, your cell phone, whatever it is yeah. that you're using. Perhaps it's all mobile the same. might have to be a little different, but I use it mostly mobile. mobile. And right. that was the problem like this. There, there's no real fast forward and rewind, you know, like that. We'll see. Done. And that's the thing on PlayStation four on my WWE network, it would have the little tally marks or, or benchmarks where you could just hit right trigger and it would take you to the next match. So you don't have to fast forward and go back and be like, Oh, wait a minute. Right. I want to see the entrance and go. With the right. Now I did watch the video of this, right? So the announced, uh, announcement I saw at work, uh, there was a little bit of lull in the action, so I had a little break. And so I read through what you said, uh, and then I saw the video. The video was pretty impressive. Now, obviously, they made it, and it was canned, and it, they can highlight the, the strengths of it, so it made sense. But I did like what I saw. I, I liked from what the uh, toolbar will look like. I do like those splash pages of the featured stars, because right, you're going to want to watch Becky Lynch over... Let's say, you know, Dana Brooke. So let's have a splash page for Becky Lynch instead of just saying like the women over there. Right. So I like that aspect. But and same with the men, too. Right. I'm going to want to watch an AJ Styles match over a boogeyman match. So let's have an AJ Styles splash page. I'm not just saying the women, but I was more saying as, as the entire roster. Uh, the search, I do hope, is a lot better because on all platforms that i've used their search it's kind of dog shit where you're like i just want to see the scott hall match against goldberg from nitro if i put in scott hall stop taking me to like tag matches and wrestlemania like just take me to the damn thing i want you know well, and i so, think they, they're gonna do that now so i think that'll yeah be a, and a that's where yeah. yeah that's where i'm excited to see the new change uh the other thing i thought of though as you were reading uh the bullet points of the announcement i know for a fact they're going to get five to 10,000 new subscribers just because of this change. Cause I know, I know for a fact there's about five to 10,000 idiots out there. They're going to be like, I never remember my password. I just can't get in. And then they're going to create a new account and be like, fine, I'm just going to use this. And they'll have two accounts. Yeah. And then just like, whatever. I don't, I don't care. And they'll, and and then, they'll call it like, oh, we got 15,000 subscribers. Right exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, the new interface has attracted more people. No, there's about 10,000 people who are pretty stupid. So I know that's going to happen. Not a huge number, but I can definitely see it being. Yeah, because uh, I would just set noticeable. up a new, There's nothing to it where it's like, oh, no, my settings or all of my recorded things, right? So 
as long as you're paying, yeah. you set up on any god account. It doesn't matter. Right, exactly. Right. So uh I think that's gonna be fun to see if there's some type of uh Did you know? <laughs> yeah, did you know kind of thing on there. Um What happened to the did yeah, you know? They got rid of the did you knows. When did that happen? That happened under our nose, huh? We didn't notice those guys. Right, away. that's true. Yeah, that is true. Uh I am excited though for a new interface, a new uh, refresh on uh, the network. And I think this is going to be the first step in the rumors of the tiered uh, uh, statuses where tier one yeah. is just WWE stuff. Tier yep. two is, Hey, didn't you like that evolve? And then tier three is, I don't know what else live house shows or whatever. Yeah. They're gonna uh, choose to do. Um, yeah. They got to dress it up before they can start charging you more. Right. So, right. Exactly. That'll be a fun conversation in the, uh, in the Tim household over here. Right. I've got to pay 1599 a month now, because if I want to see all of the shows, like you say, you say it sucks right now. Well, it does, but the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Guys, we do a podcast. We have to know what we're watching. The Spanish announce table. All right, Tommy highlighted it in our Raw reunion overall talk, but the 24-7 title, again, this was a bit of a throwaway show and a holiday special feel, so that's typically when the you know the previous incarnation of this, when the hardcore title was the 24-7 title. Um, that's when these things really go off the rails, and I think we had nine title changes, and I'm going to run these through the list. Uh, Drake beat R-Truth, then Pat Patterson beat Drake, and of course, Briscoe beat Patterson. You had to do that. But then Kelly Kelly beat Briscoe. And Candace Michelle beat Kelly Kelly with Molina as a guest ref. And then Medusa pretty much stole it from Candace Michelle and went to go throw it away in the trash, as you mentioned, which is great. That is a great callback. And then DiBiase comes out and buys it from her, which is also a great callback. But then he loses it right to Drake, who then turns it over to R Truth. And we did nine title changes to get right back to where we were with no storyline progression other than he stole his wife now and maybe they're fucking, I don't know. Yeah, that's what the, uh, that's what they alluded to was my wife too. And so like, well, what do you think our truths going to bang your wife or do you yeah. think your wife is just going to forget about you and start marrying our truth? I, I, I didn't get that part. And again, you could have left with our truth as the champ and Drake Maverick down and out on his luck, but still had just some new wrinkle, right? Our truth wins it. So you have EC three Drake Maverick's best friend beat Drake Maverick for the title. And then our truth beats EC three. And now EC three and our truth can play their runaround uh, game with the 24 seven title. And then you can still have Drake Maverick, out on his luck, you know, wife left him. What am I going to do next? Kind of thing. Like you could have done it that it's right. just, there was nothing new with that storyline. And if there's nothing new, I'm kind of checking out with, you haven't banged your wife. Okay. Yeah. You maybe right. married the wrong person. Then I don't care anymore. Like I'm, it made sense that he ruined the honeymoon. That's why they didn't do it then. But now the fuck's going on? WWE has gotten into this habit of when they stumble upon something, they suddenly go, oh, that? Oh, that? Okay. We're not going to do anything but this until you tell us we're fucking done with this. We're tired of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, once mm -hmm. they, re if we pop once, yeah, that's what you're going to get until you go, stop. 
Like, guys, yes, listen to the fans, but also progress the storylines for the love of God. The Spanish announce table. Okay, the club is now the OC. I mean, I guess that fits. They didn't want to call it the club. It's the original club, right? So the name doesn't mean as much, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think it matters what the name is, right? It's more about the execution of how this comes across. Which, again, we were in a stall week, so it was hard to determine. Um, are you for the name? Do you wish they would have come up with something different? What do you got? I don't like the name at all. The OC to me, because maybe I'm a little older than uh, the typical fan, but there was a highly popular Malibu-esque uh, drama show on Fox that was called The OC. So that's all I think of is that stupid show from my high school years uh, that all the girls love to watch. Uh, so that's what first comes to my mind. And I don't know, like, let's just be original, come up with something. Like if you're not, you literally just added original to the name you already had. It was the yeah. club. And instead of saying like, now we're, I don't know, you know, strike force or, you know, that's an eighties right. pro wrestling team and a, former MMA promotion, but you know, instead of something, uh, dynamite beat all elite wrestling to the punch and call yourselves all night dynamite or something. And, and you know, I don't know, but it's just this. Mm, well, and this boring. is where we also got, uh, a mix in of, of some old folks, right? That's what I'm going to call them. The, the raw reunion folks, right? We got DX minus Billy come out with well, the, we got the click spot, right? We've got the click spot that we've done since Damian Sandow was the intellectual savior of the masses. Like it's been done to nauseam. Here's the other thing that WWE needs to get through their creative thick skulls. It's hard to miss someone if they're never fucking gone. Yeah. Right. I just saw triple H a couple weeks ago. I'm not fucking that excited. If you just put them in a different t-shirt, I, you know, I don't, we always see these guys hug as if they haven't seen each other in 40 years when every YouTube show is Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels recap their ladder match from WrestleMania 10 or Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and X-Pac eat dinner in front of you. Like, I can't miss them if they're always there. So stop it. It's not exciting. It's again, like I said about my general recap, it was paint by the numbers. Hey, we got to get the click spot. Well, how do we do the click spot? Well, the original club does our hand thing, so let's just run up against them. Oh, okay. The Spanish announce table. All right, Kofi's going to be champ after SummerSlam because I don't see Orton taking this off of him, but I do like this. I like, you know, how the, the callback that they had. And I mean, Orton adds an air of legitimacy to anything, right? I mean, he just, when you look at him, you go, yeah, that's, that's a main eventer. That's a big time dude. Well, maybe he does win at SummerSlam. Think about this. Just like you said, he adds an air of legitimacy to either a championship or a challenger to the champion, right? Mm -hmm. What if now we get our swerve, because you even mentioned it, that Kofi's getting on that stale track, right? And we need to freshen up the Kofi character. What if this is... Orton gets a roll up, you know, surprise roll up. What if this is New Day implodes and two of them turn on Kofi and then you get the belt to Orton because Orton, I will say this about his character. He does get that transitional or new 
uh, chance champion their first reign, right? Mm-hmm. So Miz, the first time champion, beat Orton for the title. He was cashing in Money in the Bank, but he beat Orton for the title. Jinder mm-hmm. Mahal, when he got his first championship, he beat Randy Orton to get his first reign. So we could see Randy Orton become champ to then establish the Kevin Owens baby face to the main picture scene. And then Kevin Owens beats Randy Orton to get the title. And that's a way that Kofi doesn't have to lose to Kevin Owens. You serve Randy Orton, who adds legitimacy to the title, but as a transitional champion to the new guy. That's what I think could possibly happen. So I'm interested. And like you said, I'm also interested in just the story leading up to SummerSlam because of the callback of the stupid. And I didn't want you in this spot because you didn't deserve it. And you still don't deserve it. And Kofi saying like, I've been waiting for your ass for 11 years. You treat me like shit. Now you come to me because you are, I have what you want. And I like that too. So I'm a hundred percent on this. This is probably my favorite current story right now. I do like it a lot too. And I think there is something to your, your Kofi part of let's not be mistaken here. The Kofi character has not arrived. I don't view him as this like main event player. Now, if he loses that title to Orton and never gets it back, he's back to a mid card jobber. If they want him to moving forward, be a main event level guy that they can plug and play at those things. They need to do something. There needs to be some adversarial things going on here. He needs to lose it and go on another tear where he's chasing it as the main focus of the show, right? Like, mm-hmm. that has to happen if you want to continue this fire that you've caught. But it feels like they're just buying time to when they can comfortably take it off of him is how it feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so. agree. I, I And I think the next guy up, uh, as kind of seen by a feud with Shane, would be Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. And you don't necessarily want Kevin Owens anti-establishment you know teens and young adults cheering to beat kofi kingston who's supposed to be the all-american power positivity you know uh champion right so you have to have kevin owens take it off of a dastardly heel and that's why at SummerSlam you could possibly have randy orton beat kofi kingston because it's not out of the realm of possibilities uh, randy orton's a you know multi-digit champion i think 12 or 13 or whatever it is Uh, so it would make sense it wouldn't be a bad loss for kofi and then that way we get the title to kevin owens the spanish announce table tom i'm out of toilet paper and okay i know a great place i can buy toilet paper they'll ship it right to your house it's called amazon.com is that a startup you know they've been around for a little bit i think they're gaining a good share of the market and that's why we want to support them now. Gotcha. Um, don't listen to any past things we've said about them. They're great. But what we would like you to do, though, is because they offer this program, is don't go directly to Amazon.com. And I'm speaking to you, the listeners here. Uh, you go to SpanishAnnounceTable.net, right? We're the only oh, people they do this yeah. for. We're the only people they do this mm-hmm. for. You go to SpanishAnnounceTable.net. We've got an Amazon link at the top of the page. You click on that. It will take you to Amazon.com. And you will pay the same price as you would if you went there directly. The thing is... Jeff Bezos will give us some of that cashola, right? That money, 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 right? Those greenbacks and DiBiase-backed dollars, right? And we need that so we can keep the show free for you. You've had some experience with this, yes? Yeah. You know, I would definitely encourage all people listening uh, to support that uh, young startup company, Amazon. And while you do it, uh, support this juggernaut of a podcast as we grow bigger and better and better each and every week. Uh, so let us, the Spanish announce table army, give a little rub to the small guy, Amazon, and go there, 
by first going to our website, clicking on their link. So now you're exposed to this young startup company. And then like Tim said, buy some toilet paper, maybe, maybe buy some tennis shoes. Hey, even get a t-shirt. And if you're not into all that stuff, you know, maybe you could just get a personal item for you yourself. But before you go to that young startup company, visit this juggernaut of a website, SpanishAnnounceTable.net. You go to the biggest, baddest podcast recorded on a Wednesday night website and you click on that link and then that is what you do to get us some kickback so that we can show that little startup that we have a voice the spanish announce table all right i guess we're getting joe versus joe we had uh Samoa joe and roman rain square enough and i like this promo i even like how roman was like well hey man you're from the same island you know where this goes right like i i love joe's thing of oh no let's make this straight i don't have something to say about your family i said something about your family you know what i mean like we don't want to come in here and act tough all of a sudden i like that a lot i but i just again if this is it feels like that's where the story's gonna end and then we're gonna spend weeks going oh my turn to fight you again like, I just, yeah i i don't think this is a feud I think this was a, hey, it's a Raw reunion. How can we get Roman Reigns, who's a quote-unquote mm. SmackDown guy, on Raw to wrestle? Well, let's have Samoa Joe call him out. and bah, 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 bah. Or however it worked. I don't even remember how it worked. It was less than a five-minute match, and it was clean. Yeah. Like it was yeah, I don't think this is I don't think next week we see anything of this. I think we see Roman Reigns walking around going like, what's next for the big dog? Burp, 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 burp. The Spanish announce table. All right, we got another Miss TV this time on SmackDown, and we had um Shawn Michaels and the second rate Shawn Michaels. Get into it. Um your thoughts? It's still gonna be a tag team. I still think it's Ziggler Miz. I'm okay. sold on that. It, there wasn't a tear apart of Miz attacking Ziggler and Ziggler's mm. trying to powder out. It was a little run after him, but he didn't really like punch him. Right. You know, and John Michaels was there laying. And I think that's planting the little seeds where Miz is like, you know what? Ziggler's fucking right. Ziggler is right. Mm. And I think eventually we're getting a Miz heel turn, maybe on a Miz TV with another current roster guy uh, that's, you know, spewing the the baby face uh, power positivity thing. And then we get Ziggler to say, you're another person I'm jealous of. And Miz is like, I'm with Ziggler on this. And boom, and then we get a team. That's yeah. what I think. I will say this, though. Great on Shawn Michaels, again, to do the Mick Foley thing. It would have been great if he did it on Monday instead of Tuesday or mm. I don't know, but... We saw him twice, and one time it was just very like, hey, guys, I'm here. And then this time it was like, hey, you're actually in a storyline, and it makes sense, and it builds to something next for these guys. So I liked it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to get that tag team. It's going to be Dolph Misler. And, yeah, I'd, I, again, I'd, cool if that leads to something, but it can only lead to two things, right? They're going to be a tag team moving forward for a serious amount of time, and they're going to go against tag teams. But I feel like we don't need extra tag teams right now. We, we're not telling good enough stories with the ones we got, or this goes into a, a you know, agreement turns bad and then they feud. Well, man, I don't need to see that again. So I just don't know that there's a good purpose for this, you know? 
Did I get that feel? Like, I yeah. just don't. Mm. I think it's going to be a Cleveland versus everybody kind of feel to it, which I've seen those shirts during MLB all, all-star weekend. Uh, so maybe they play on that a little bit too of the Cleveland versus everyone. And then that's kind of their team motto thing. It's uh, us against the world. Yeah. The best scenario I think though, is they start to get over and unfortunately one of them gets hurt so that they don't have to have a feud and you just take mm. that momentum of the healthy person and then they go forward. Yeah. Or Dolph, you know, I was like, ah, oh, you know what? I, I did like the comedy better. I'm out. The Spanish announce table. All right, here's another thing about the Raw reunion that seemed to be a theme was almost every interaction between the veterans and the and the new folks felt like it was the new folks had to be the heel going, you guys are just in the way and you're blah. And, and none was more evident of that was Sami Zayn. I mean, he came out saying the same thing everybody else was saying. And then he had a match against Mysterio because Kurt Angle said, well, back in my day when I was the general manager you know like just it just all felt again just oh what are we doing in the other segment yeah let's you know what i mean same thing that's yeah, fine yeah Sami Zayn served the heath slater role uh mm-hmm. with i gotta talk bad about the legends and all the legends come out and they mess with me oh damn it them legends i guess we'll go to the next town okay cool if that's what we're doing if, if that's what we're doing Again, paint by numbers. We had to have the heel that hates all the legends, and we did. Now, his promo was really good, really Mm. good. When he said that Raw, uh, this episode of Raw was watching it through the FaceTime app or the Face Mm. app or whatever it's called. Thought that was a great line. Yeah. And it wasn't too far off, especially if you watch Kevin Nash walk down the ramp. Pretty sad. Uh, So, yeah, again, paint by numbers. We had to have the heel that hates the legend, and all the legends say... You dastardly heel, we'll get one on you. And he lost. The Spanish announce table. Tom, this is a, I want to talk about an event that we talk about going to a lot. And we're, we're not making it this year, obviously, because it's coming up. Slammiversary. Oh, it started now. Uh, uh, from July 25th to July 27th, starting tomorrow. Maybe we'll get there in time. The National Wrestling Hall of Fame Dan Gable Museum does their annual George Tragos, 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 Luthez Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame weekend, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Definitely know it. Yeah, I'm aware of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was announced, uh, and then we'll cover the whole list of inductees that we have not discussed yet, but that's why I will bring it up. Beth Phoenix will be inducted into this year's class, along with the already announced inductees of Bruno San Martino posthumously, Thunderbolt Patterson, Sergeant Slaughter, Brian Shields, friend of the show and the UFC's Daniel Cormier getting the George Tragos award. Uh, Phoenix is the first female to be inducted into the George Tragos Luthez professional wrestling hall of fame. And she received the Frank Gotch award in 2015. You know, they will hand out awards when you're not mm-hmm. in the hall, right? Uh, ceremony will be at the mm-hmm. five Sullivan brothers convention center in Waterloo, Iowa on Saturday, July 27th. Uh, we've talked about this event famously because Rob Schamberger, friend of the show has painted a mural there that's on site and he has his own wing because he paints every year's inductees mm-hmm. in a special painting for them. And he is already, uh, you know, uh, very good acquaintances with this family here, with Edge and, and Beth Phoenix, and then, you know, the Natty and that whole co- connection. Um, so we keep talking about wanting to get up there, but 
uh, Brian Shields has been on the show. You know, he wrote which was it? The re- he wrote. We, we've talked to him twice. Second we? Nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he wrote Second Nature uh, is his more yeah uh, more note one. or uh, noteworthy book. Well, didn't yeah, he do the more WrestleMania recent 30, noteworthy. One. Uh, yes, he also did too. the WrestleMania Third Coffee yeah. Table book. That, yeah, that's more of a coffee table. Which right. hey, if that's what you want, awesome. But if you are wanting more of a dig into the you know dirt kind of details book, uh, Second Nature the dual autobiography of Charlotte and Ric Flair. It's really good. Uh, yeah, he's getting inducted as well. Uh, Daniel Cormier, one of the baddest dudes in the planet to ever live and fight. He's uh, getting inducted. Also Olympic alternate. Uh, so he's got, you know, a lot of crazy credentials there. Um, yeah, it's going to be good. Here's the thing, though, and I don't mean to sound like, oh, I don't get it, but I also I don't get it. But Beth Phoenix as the first female, I'm going to be a completely 100% honest. Outside of eliminating Kali in a Royal Rumble, there was nothing of note to me she really did in the WWE. I don't yeah. get like why she's in the Hall of Fame. I don't get why she's the first female in this Hall of Fame. There's... You know, Trish Stratus, there's Lita, there's uh, Victoria, there's Ivory, there's Jacqueline, there's Miss Elizabeth, there's Sherry. There's a ton of other women, I think, that would be better suited as the first in this Hall of Fame. So maybe I don't understand what the credentials need to be, but I just the boat missed me on Beth Phoenix, apparently, because I don't I can't think of anything that she did to warrant mm-hmm. legend status. I thought yeah. she was very good, but nothing right. notable. I do remember the thing that's most notable to me about Beth Phoenix is that she was the most believable from a eye test standpoint, if you will, of the time for the ladies. Um, and that's what makes her stick out to me was when I think of that era, I think uh, Beth Phoenix was the only legit, you know what I mean? Person that could go out there and put on a match and, and look like a wrestler to me, you know, that it didn't look like, okay. It, right. Yeah. This mm-hmm. was in the transition of what, forgive me, this is a bad term, but it was a term that was thrown around a lot of showho, right, back in the day, where they weren't really women wrestlers. We just threw them in a ring and taught them how to throw a fake punch that didn't even look good. You know, that whole thing. Right. It was that transition out of that when they were like, oh, we're going to start trying to, you know what I mean? Maybe start doing it, you know what I mean? And then it was just Do arm of, drags. Right. Yeah. It, was, it was a half-assed effort at that point, you know, when they had to go away from the attitude era of treating women like complete objects you know um and she sticks out to me for that reason but yeah the rest of the whole you know i mean there's so many more especially with this one so this i always kind of equated to the golden globes um if if this is the if the golden globes is to the academy awards this national wrestling hall of fame is to the wwe's hall of fame right Mm -hmm. where it almost feels it's a little like it's very focused on by the people involved right the workers very much treat this in very high regard right whereas the most majority Mm -hmm. people may not see it as such right they may see that like the mainstream media may see the wwe hall of fame as the more pristine more and everybody can argue that point you know but this is definitely a huge event that uh, if you go to this you will see wrestlers abound and they are in a more relaxed setting where they're not putting on the show of the ultra suit and tie like they would at the WWE Hall of Fame, right? So, yeah. The Spanish announce table. All right. I'm Apollo Crews. What in the Everland fuck is anybody give a shit for? 
This guy is devoid of of charisma. We, we talk about uh, what's his fuck in the in the uh, undisputed era, Broderick Strong. Apollo Cruz uh-huh. is worse. What in the fuck? This guy you know, is vanilla nothing. Well, you know who I think uh, Apollo Cruz is. Hmm. Natty. Yeah. Everyone talks about how awesome Apollo Cruz is, right? Kevin Owens mentioned him in his little shoot promo. Everyone talks about how athletic he is, all of the amazing moves, how he always shows up. He's working hard. And that's great. But it's just not there, in my opinion. My opinion. What I'm seeing now is not anything. And hey, keep working, maybe. I, you know, it, it at least shows that he's not uh, stopping. But you got to try something different. You can't just be well, yeah. black buff guy in tights, right? Because that's Bobby Lashley. Like your guys are be, you guys are fighting over the same character. Meanwhile, uh, at least Shelton Benjamin is doing something you know, creative or or stupid. That's where he's looking yeah. around. Yeah, which where did that go? Yeah, like, he 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 is as much as we used to give Bobby Lashley crap for only having one face. At least that was a scowl. The smiley never changing. You're like, get out of here with that, man. What is yeah, I this know, guy? I just it. But that, that's I will a good say point. This. It was a well, ahead. the Natalia point you had was a great point. It, it's. It's. I think everybody says those things, and Kevin Owens says that thing, because if we sat there and we traveled the road with Apollo Crews, we'd probably think he's the nicest, sweetest, coolest dude around. But that doesn't yeah, mean he's the know, star. Right, exactly. I'm going to bet Quentin Tarantino's new movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, there's an extra, or there was a minor character where if we got to meet the entire crew, we'd be like, that fucking guy, Steve, was awesome, and he was great. But you know what you don't do with Steve just because he was awesome and great? You don't give him scenes that Leonardo DiCaprio was supposed to act in because he's a fucking cool guy backstage. Although, wasn't like, uh, Harrison still Ford somebody's... still the fucking um, stars. Wasn't Harrison Ford like somebody's contractor and was and they used him to like run lines real quick and were like, hey, man, you're kind of good at this? <laughs> I think that's like a, a well, yeah, but I'm saying like, <laughs> but he yeah, actually I mean, had maybe talent, that's true. Right? And that was discovered. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but what I'm saying is just because someone's good doesn't mean now like we, he deserves more. It's like, no, he doesn't. Or <laughs> yeah. she doesn't. It's your talent. Your talent is what gets you to the show. And your talent is what keeps you on the show. And if you ain't got talent, I don't care how nice or cool or flips you do. Get the fuck out of here. Mm, now I will say this. It was good to see the Intercontinental title on SmackDown and Nakamura. Remember how fun that guy was? Love I mean, Nakamura. Yeah, but I'm supposed to care about this match. Like, I just, yeah, great. I've lost any concern to care about Shinsuke Nakamura. Like, he was doing great with the United States of Nak America, and we just wouldn't go with that. I just, yeah, yeah Apollo Crews, man. Great. <laughs> The Spanish announce table. All right, so the Viking Raiders didn't beat up Chobbers. I mean, maybe they did, but they uh, they beat Hawkins and Ryder. Um, Tom, what? This is T-Mac story time. If I was Vince McMahon today, came to any of you and I was like, Tom, I need you to write the, <laughs> the, you know, Vince McMahon impression. I need you to write the Viking Raiders. I don't know what to do with them. What do you got for me? I would do three weeks 
of jobber squash match where we'd say, what is the most impactful moves you guys can do? You're going to be essentially Braun Strowman of the tag team division for three weeks, right? So you're going to go boom, boom, boom. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. Right. And at the end of that third week, you're not going to get on the mic, but you're basically going to establish we're the king shits here. Like, this is our territory. I can't even honestly remember who the tag team champs are. Is mm-hmm. it the revival? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. On raw. Okay. Yeah. So I wouldn't have the revival come out there, but what I would do is have the Viking Raiders clean house of the jobber team, beat them up after the bell. The, the refs get in there to say, stop lights, go out. AOP's music hits. You have AOP walk menacingly down the ramp and just like bosses into the ring and you get a stare down of AOP and Viking Raiders. And that's what your kickoff show, uh, match is for SummerSlam is AOP versus Viking Raiders in a immovable object, irresistible force. Boom, boom, boom. And what I would do at SummerSlam to get the crowd hot and to keep the storyline going is at SummerSlam, no one wins. It turns into a shit show. Everyone's punching each other. Refs are trying to separate them. They're punching the refs. And then they're going back to punching each other. They do all that. So then on Monday, then you get some promo work. And that is how you can rejuvenate Drake Maverick, get him away from this 24-7 thing. He says, I know it really uh, you know, gets me back into being Drake Maverick. It's not my loser wife. It's not that stupid title. It's this tag team right here. That's how you get him back into being the manager. And then he gets on the mic and he's like, you Viking, you know, dorks or whatever he says, mm-hmm. you know, you guys couldn't handle us at SummerSlam. And we challenge you to an extreme rules match at the next pay-per-view. And then that's what I would do. And I'd have AOP go over Viking Raiders and then have a do a little reset on Viking Raiders and then have them do like, two matches with the Usos have them beat the Usos and then have AOP beat the revival. And then you redo that again, but this time now it's for the championships. And then you put the Viking Raiders over AOP to win the championships. Now they both have one victory a piece, and then you can do a third payoff match at whatever that pay-per-view is. Boom. Now you have a tag division. Yeah. They need to do a better job of, of introducing stories for these. Mo- I mean, they've got a lot of tag teams now that are tag teams that are just kind of hanging around doing not much. They tried with this Usos making fun of the revival, but again, they missed the mark again because I think we're, he, we discussed how McMahon's stuck in the 80s and it's just not cool to be the bully mm-hmm. anymore. Um, right. But I'm still kind of upset about the Viking Raiders name, and I know what happened and how that came across, but like... The thing with the difference with War Raiders and Viking Raiders is if I'm explaining to a non wrestling fan that I think might start to get into it, if I go, This is the War Raiders, they're going to get that they're Vikings, right? Like they get it. But going, These are the Viking Raiders, well, now feels like a character. You know what I mean? Like now it just feels mm-hmm. like, Okay, they come out going, uh, Yo, ho, ho, and whatever the hell Vikings would do. You know what I mean? It's just like, I mean, yeah. But like it just it's just a different feel from the get go, and I just don't know how they mess that up. Like, what's wrong with the term "war raiders"? That was just weird. And yeah, they've just been doing not much. I like this idea that you gave that at least had a, a plan and a purpose, which is it just seemed to be lacking here. So I like that idea you gave us. Yeah, and I I miss the two 
behemoths running into each other. In this case, it would be four behemoths running into mm-hmm. each other. And the mic work can be done by someone, obviously, who's really good at it. And J- Drake Maverick, he can be the Paul Heyman, you know, esque in this story that gets you to, uh, you know, bullet point A, bullet point B, bullet point C. But you get because they're both athletic and can do amazing things. So it wouldn't just be big punches, right? You could have uh, a double Samoan drop from AOP on one of the Viking Raiders and then vice versa. You could have the bigger of the two Viking Raiders do a moonsault off the top rope onto one of them. You know, they're, they can do more than just 80 style punch and kicking. So it would be cool. A little wrinkle in that old kind of two or four badasses just meet in the ring. And again, now you're establishing we have a tag team and their feud is so good that they just overwhelm because of momentum. The, the, whoever the champs are, whether that is the revival or Usos or Ryder and Hawkins, you just overwhelm them by like, no, everyone thinks we're badasses. So you're done here. The Spanish announce table. All right, Rollins was on Miss TV, and I want to discuss an aspect that I'm actually going to give credence to. The busted open, uh, they had Dave LaGreca and, and Mark Henry, and they discussed this segment with Rollins on Miss TV and kind of his attitude and the way he discussed the whole you know feud between them. And they were like, this guy's supposed to be like the baby face of the company, and he just came across as arrogant and making fun of the guy who just beat him. Like, it just didn't seem to make sense. That's not something I get behind, you know? Like, he was like, there. he was like, it just, it, it was the, the whole, like, Brock Lesnar. Like, yeah, you mean the guy who just took your title and just beat you up? Like, it, uh, should you be making fun of him? Like, it just felt weird, and I agreed with all of that. What, what were your thoughts on this? I thought it was misplaced. Yeah, I thought it was a promo that would have been said three weeks prior to losing the title. Like yeah. you said, not something that you say after you lost. Uh, I didn't understand well, the motive. Yeah. And so it just came across like hollow. I know what we said uh, a few weeks back on, on the uh, podcast where we want the guy on Twitter, Seth Rollins on raw mm-hmm. and we do, but the guy on Twitter continually is the alpha dog top, you know, guy in pro wrestling but on the story he just lost so he can't do that right like there has to be something that gets him back into the top spot and then he can cut the promos that he just did this past monday right when he does have the championship across his shoulder that's when he can say brock lesnar is a wannabe and da 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 and you're like god dang man you're cutting some you know good promos here but it's it's a disconnect because it's like you're you're a loser pal you lost your last fight. You lost. So you can't say that yet. You got to yeah. win to say the fun things and you're not a winner. It's like Conor McGregor talking shit right now, right? Like Conor McGregor got worked against Khabib when he talks shit and says like, Khabib, you're a nothing. You're a blah, 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 blah. It's like, Hey man, you tapped out. Like yeah. you can't say that to him. And that's what Seth Rollins is doing to Brock Lesnar. And it doesn't hit well, uh, as far as resonating with me, at least. Well, it's just not designed to drum up like the, you know what I mean? That rock, th- That's one thing for Cena. He at least gave the let's go into battle speech, right? Like the I do this for you speech, right? That's what the top baby faces. Now, it wasn't that way with Austin, but again, we were telling an entirely different style of story then, right? So, 
yeah, I just, it, it came off weird and wrong. It just really did. I was like, what is this? And it was just, again, a waste of time. And yeah, I just don't even know where to go with it. I just, I'm not sold on Rollins anymore. I think for a brief moment in time when he was doing the heel thing with the authority, I was all behind him. I was like, this guy is the best in the business. But now it just feels retread after retread after retread after retread. And just, I, I don't even. Well, I, I don't think that's a Seth Rollins issue. And I honestly don't think it was a Roman Reigns issue. And to a bigger point, I don't think it was a John Cena issue. I think it's a Vince McMahon, the top guy in my promotion, says this issue. Mm-hmm. Right? Because our same criticism of John Cena, even though he did do the raw, raw, you know, let's get in the bunker and us against the world well, he thing. He did it better. Uh, well, he, he did, did it better, better but... Yeah. But it was it was also a little bit more fresh right. too, right? Like right. it was the first time since Cena, or excuse me, since Stone oh, Cold that you yeah. had the traditional babyface, so you could get back to saying the good things, you know. Mm-hmm. But now we've been doing that for fourteen years, uh, and that's where it, you know. And then we did it with Roman Reigns, and now we're doing it with Seth Rollins, and people are turning. And again, it's not now Roman Reigns to me just I, I I've said this millions of times he just doesn't have the it factor to me he's mm-hmm. Lex Luger right like right I don't care what he says I just don't buy what he's doing because it just doesn't hit well with me Seth Rollins it did but now he's doing the top guy routine and the top guy routine is what I don't like the Spanish announce table Tom you know what I did this week what did you do in this past week? Nothing. Really? <laughs> I mean, you know, I did my standard family stuff, man, and uh, I did the comedy club, of course, and then we we helped kind of reset up my wife's office at, at at home and that kind of stuff, you know. But nothing like I didn't go out paint the town, I didn't go uh, meet anybody new, I didn't do anything, you know. Well, I mean, you know, through the comedy club, I'm always meeting somebody new every week, but you know, other than that, I mean, it was standard normal stuff, man. Nothing like no rinse no and repeat big, kind of yeah. week. Right. And you know what? I mean, it was busy, though. Just busy. Constant running around doing stuff. Just busy, man. So much stuff to do as an adult. That is true. That is true. There is. It's always spinning once you become an adult, right? You got to spin all the plates and keep them spinning. And that's the secret to life, it seems like. Yeah. Gross. What about you, man? Did you do uh, anything cool? So... Kind of a rinse and repeat type of weekend for me from Friday to Sunday. But before the official weekend started Thursday night, I actually went out to journey pro a local promotion here. That's at the Kansas hall. It's 21 and over to get in. So it has a little bit more of a grittier uh, adult themed uh, wrestling action for that ass. I uh, got to see my current man crush, uh, who debuted in my top five on SpanishNounceTable.net. JD Drake was in tag team action. Got to see him, meet him in person. Uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, he took on a fun team called Jim Nasty Boys, which was weird, but uh, they were fun too. It's a black and white guy that has like an 80s themed um, uh, workout kind of vibe but they're fat i don't know they're funny though they're really really funny liked them a lot uh but then the main event was really what stole the show it was christian rose and if you don't know who christian rose is google him youtube him do whatever you can to watch his matches and his promos 
really good stuff. He's the absolute worst, or he's the absolute best at being the absolute worst. That's his gimmick. Right. Really great. And if you watched Evolve, not only did you see J.D. Drake, who was on this Journey Pro show, you also saw Shotsky, or Shotsky Blackheart. And so it was an intergender match with Christian Rose uh, facing Blackheart in a street fight. And I tell you what, they took up the whole bar. There was a submission on top of the bar. Uh, there were beer cans upside each other's head. Uh, the finish came when she powerbombed Christian Rose uh, in the middle of the ring on thumbtacks. It yeah. was brutal. Um, really fun, though. They told a great story. As soon as she won, she pinned Christian Rose. She rolled out of the ring. She walked right to the bar and took two shots with these fans that were cheering around the entire time. It was yes. so cool. It was a really nice touch to a really fun match. Uh, Christian Rose, I was so impressed after uh, the match. The promo that he cut before the match, all of his selling and offense that he had, uh, throughout the match was impressive. Uh, really, really um, came up, came away thinking Blackheart is insane, which I think she may be, because if you remember from the Evolve show, she just dove into a pile of chairs, which is crazy. And then this match where it got pretty extreme uh, with a bigger Christian Rose, uh, thought she was amazing. But Christian Rose was awesome. Another big uh, moment from Journey Pro, though, was the... Uh, Sharkbait had his first hardcore match against Gary J. And if you don't know who Gary J is, Midwest local legend of the hardcore fight scene, I, I tell you what, he will go in there and beat that ass. And Gary J and Sharkbait went at it. It was that kind of bizarro, almost, I'm trying to give a good analogy for Gary J for someone who hasn't seen Gary J almost like a poor man's necro butcher from CZW. If you remember him, uh, a little bit of a poor man's, uh, butcher except for, uh, a little bit more polished move sets, but that yeah. wild offense. And he kind of looks like Sami Zayn. Yeah. He looks like a poor man's Sami Zayn. Right. Yeah. So he's a poor man's, a lot of versions, but, uh, he has the offense of a butcher. He has the look of a poor man, Sami Zayn, uh, that collided with the MMA style of shark bait who also got a little dirty in that match, right? Like it wasn't a clean, Oh, here's to move this and here's to this submission to that. It was a little dirty. There was some spots out in the crowd where, uh, you know, you got a little, uh, tense and it was cool. Uh, shark bait did have, uh, the line of the night though, from all the pro wrestlers, uh, he was the heel, I guess. They didn't really establish who was the heel, who was the baby face, but uh, there was a lot of people there for Gary J, so people were booing Sharkbait, and he handled it well. Uh, one guy uh, said, Sharkbait, you suck! And Sharkbait looked right at him and goes, Shut up, you're a grown man wearing a necklace! Mm -hmm. And the guy didn't have any comeback. <laughs> and it was actually a lay. And so... Uh, <laughs> As Sharkbait threw Gary J back into the ring and then followed him in, uh, he goes, it's a lay. And a guy next to that guy who yelled it goes, that's not any better. Right. <laughs> was that guy it you? It was really funny. That was a, yeah, that was a really good moment. Was that but, guy who said it's yeah, not any better? Uh, was that guy you? No, 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 I, I didn't. I did watch the match with Anthony's parents. So Anthony's mom uh, has has only missed three uh, fights. And... Uh, Three events, 
with fights and pro wrestling matches combined. She's only missed three, wow. and those were out of town. One in Vegas, one in um, Philly, and then another one I think was in Texas. But all pro wrestling matches she's seen. Uh, she's, you know, Sharkbait's number one fan. So I sat with her and Anthony's stepdad, got to catch up with them, talk about the wedding. They've been, you know. Mm-hmm. I lived with Anthony for three years, so I became obviously friends with them. So I caught them up yeah. on wedding planning and all that stuff. But uh, if you're in the Kansas City or St. Louis uh, area, I would definitely recommend go out to Journey Pro or go out to St. Louis Anarchy. It's kind of a, a sister promotion of Journey Pro or however you, you know, wherever you are, the other promotion. They kind of coincide with each other. A lot of the same talent. Jeremy Wyatt is the champ on both shows. If you don't know who Jeremy Wyatt is, uh, you need to educate yourself. I think he's probably the best pro wrestler not signed uh, to a major promotion like an AEW or WWE. Think he's amazing. He could easily yeah. be the 205 Live champion. That's how good I think he is. Oh, his like, promos are top Not even notch. a question. They're so Promos top are top notch. notch. In-ring work is top notch. Yeah. Believability. All the elements that you want in a pro wrestler, he has it. Uh, but he's uh, at Journey Pro and St. Louis Anarchy. So if you're in those you know, surrounding areas, definitely make it out to a show of theirs. Uh, really top-notch stuff. Yeah, I really I haven't checked out a Journey Pro yet, but I absolutely want to. I like the 21 and over feel. Um, they, they just seem like everything that I hear out of it from anybody that's gone and said, hey, this is cool, and you got to go check this out, right? Um, yeah, and 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 the one really cool thing that I will uh, applaud them on is it's not they understand who they are. They're not trying to have pyro inside of a bar right. and you know television, all this stuff. Uh, it's it's they know who they are and they're hitting their their doubles and their triples uh, for a baseball analogy with what they're giving you. So it's really good. You can also see their uh, events on independent wrestling TV. I believe it is. I might've uh, got the wrong yeah. website there, but the independent wrestling that yeah. you can see all the independent wrestling. I know shows anarchy on, uh, can for sure. And I, and I think yeah, Journey Pro that website, it's the same one with journey pro. So uh, really great stuff. Again, uh, awesome show that they had uh, this past Thursday. Got another show coming up. Yeah. Uh, I believe at the end of August, going to be, make it out to that one. Uh, so big things popping. Well, and two of the names that we mentioned, Jeremy White and Sharkbait, both good friends of the show, been on numerous times each. Probably both of them have probably been on more than anybody else each, right? They're probably one and two, you know what I mean, as far as recurring guests. And then, mm-hmm. uh, ooh, maybe Shamburger. Yeah, I don't know, right? Shamburger might be in there in a third. But uh, go definitely. back and listen to those, and I'm sure they will be back on and check them out. Yeah, was there anything else that you that you got into, you, you know, any craziness? No, well, uh, there was some news uh, for a future event. So I'm going to uh, both Evolve shows in Michigan and then the next night in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, That's my bachelor party. I'm going out with Anthony since it's just Anthony's the only guy in my wedding party. So it's just fitting that it would be the two of us. He's going to be wrestling on that show. Uh, I'm going to be hanging out. Uh, News broke today that part of both of those shows is going to be the original bro, Matt Riddle. So that's pretty cool. I'm excited to uh, see him again. Obviously, he won't remember who I am, but uh, I did work one of his fights when he fought here in Kansas City for the Titan Fighting Championship promotion. Uh, now he's you know making big waves in uh, pro wrestling. I s- said to you as soon as he signed with WWE, this guy's the next thing, the next star. Uh, so excited to see him and evolve uh, part of my bachelor week, and maybe I can get a beer with him afterwards. That'd be cool. Bro. The Spanish announce table. 
Okay. I know you can do this better. We had a moment of bliss with Becky and Natalia. How could you tell this Becky and Natalia story better? Uh, they did a really good job of hinting at what their real beef could be. I think it should have been uh, instigated and maybe pried into a little bit more by Alexa Bliss, right? So the cool aspect that I got from the shoot promos that they did on ch- on each other before they were pulled apart was Becky Lynch said, you know, hey, Natty, you say you are my friend, but leading to WrestleMania, you're, tra- you're training Ronda Rousey to beat me. And guess what? This title represents the head of Ronda Rousey, the girl I just not off and that's gonna be you the next time we get training that girl to beat me aspect that's cool right that's some disrespect that's some uh loyalty issues uh there's a story that we can dig into it was kind of just touched upon and then we're gonna punch each other so that part i didn't like but if alexa bliss could have had both of them on the show brought up that point and then they went from hey we're just competitors uh looking to compete at SummerSlam to wait a minute that is a good point Alexa Bliss yeah Natty why did you train Ronda to beat me at WrestleMania and then put Natty in the position of well I never liked your attitude this whole man thing irritates me I think it's overrated and then you get a boom boom and now we have a real beef that's what they could have done a little bit better the Spanish announce table all right, I don't know if Ali is still injured. Like we got another video promo, you know, um, and it's good. It's really good. But I'm just kind of wondering, will this fire that I'm feeling from it carry over when the bell rings? Right? Is there going to be a storyline to kind of go with all this, or will it be the best of what we see? I don't know. I really don't know. I wish I could tell you to definitively like, oh, this is what I would do. I would say blah, 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 or blah, 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 right? And typically I'm a gas bag and I can do that. But with these, I don't know because they just seem like standalone pieces that are separate from the show. Right. It honestly feels like if I were just to show scenes of a two-hour program of SmackDown, you might think that an infomercial – uh, got put in the middle of a SmackDown episode because it doesn't seem like anything else that SmackDown is showing you. But again, I don't know where that leads because there's no call out of a you're gonna get you know these hands Braun Strowman or no you know any of that stuff. Door. It's just yeah, it's just I've got demons and I'll see them and face them. Okay, and that's cool, but that also feels like a PSA. Like that doesn't feel like a, a promo. Or anything else. So while I like it, while I like how it's shot, and I think Ali is delivering it very well, I don't know what we do next because it just yeah. kind of seems like a PSA. I mean, I don't know how wrestling Gandhi's supposed to work, man. The Spanish announce table. Tom. Tim. Did you also know that we have our own merchandise for sale. I did know that. Mm -hmm. I actually have a t-shirt and a sweatshirt. And coming soon, once I get done with all these medical bills, 
thanks government and healthcare, I'm going to get me a coffee mug, mm. a Spanish announce table coffee mug. Tom's so broke he can't even drink his coffee, folks. That's why you need to go to SpanishAnnounceTable.net and look for the link that says Merch Table up there. It'll take you to our Zazzle page. Zazzle. That's Z-A-Z-Z-L-E, but it's just easy to go to SpanishAnnounceTable.net and click the link. And then there's all kinds of stuff. Man, there's shirts. There's a deck of cards. I think there's a flask, maybe? I, you know, I don't even remember. Coffee mugs, phone covers, t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, hats. Various designs. Any and everything you can think of, we got it. Click the link, SpanishAnnounceTable.net. So do it. SpanishAnnounceTable.net. Spanish Announce Merch Table. Check it out. The Spanish Announce Table. Okay, so a guy, a jobber, a no-name, was allowed to be on the Raw reunion show as he got squashed by Braun Strowman. We're doing the Strowman squash again? Like, I don't... What? What? I don't get it. Well, I'm cool with it. Are you? I'm cool like, with what? it, right? What I said uh, after Extreme Rules, let's just get back to Braun Strowman being Braun Strowman, and this is Braun Strowman being Braun Strowman. But Johnny now, Boots and Tights make... or whatever the fuck this guy's name was? Yeah. Now, as far as the Raw reunion, because it was a specialty type show, Why was that, a legend? that did feel a little weird. Huh? Why wasn't that Rey Mysterio? Why wasn't that, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. Why wasn't that Heath Slater? Why wasn't that Sami Zayn? You know, if you're already going to job out Sami Zayn, might as well have, him have some cool spots. EC3. Um, yeah, I totally agree. Um, but I like, again, I'm not hating on Braun being Braun, and that's Braun being Braun. Now, next week, he needs to tear down a set or something, and then I'm you know, I'm still on this uh, train of what he's telling me. But Braun be Braun, so I'm cool with it. The Spanish Announce Table. Okay, apparently Charlotte Flair has a knack for getting thrown into storylines. Um... Man, Bailey and Ember Moon, which, you know, sucked anyway. But, you know, let's involve Charlotte because we've got to have Charlotte. Well, I think what helped is it added credibility to uh, the, you know, SmackDown only type of viewer where now we can say, hey, at least Ember Moon has beat Charlotte, right? We can say that. And she got one up on Bailey. So it's adding credibility to the challenger, uh, to the title, who is Ember Moon. I was actually more fascinated because I didn't care about the Bailey, uh, Charlotte, Ember Moon thing, but how Charlotte said, like, I'm past that. I'm going after a legend. I'm an all-time great, and I'm going to challenge an all-time great, and I'm paraphrasing there. I'm interested in to know what that is, right? Is that a match with, you know, they're in Canada. Is that a, a match with Trish Stratus? Trish Stratus can't make it. Is that a match with Lita? Is that a match with a returning Ronda Rousey? You know, it's SummerSlam. Anything can happen. That's the stuff I'm interested in is what is Charlotte going to do and who is she going to challenge uh, after this promo? Yeah, that is interesting. I, I Yeah, it probably is. They're probably going for the local pop, right? It's going to be Trish Stratus. I don't know who else it could be that would matter. I mean, Lita would be cool, sure, right? Lita, but yeah. it wouldn't be to the it wouldn't be to the status of a Trish Stratus. But if Trish, for whatever reason, you know, sprains an ankle or does whatever, overtans the Spanish announce table. Hey, so Tom, we've talked a lot about the many versions of TNA slash Impact Wrestling that have come across the years, where technically it's always been the same company. But it's not. But one thing that always seems to have followed it along 
is a sense of just reckless incompetency and inability to juggle everything right. Would you agree with that? Right? There always has seemed to have been that. I would I would agree. So now mm-hmm. is now owned by Anthem, right? And things seem to have at least settled in that regard that there was an, a business structure that had prior experience and knows how to run businesses, including media, and this wasn't their first rodeo, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, so they've been working on new distribution for new, you know, airing of a new network, right? Because their pop TV, I think, they're on right now, maybe is is coming up or something like that, and they've been dealing with Access TV, which is interesting because the ROH and New Japan Pro Wrestling connections with Access TV, right? Um, is ROH still on Access? No, no. It's what, just New Japan Pro Wrestling. Just New Japan. They used to be on Access. They used to be on Access, right? But they're Sinclair. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so um, they've been dealing uh, with Axis trying to get on there, and apparently that fell through. And then they they then determined that here. Let me just read this off of WrestlingInc.com. Impact Wrestling parent company Anthem Media has reportedly been in talks about purchasing the Axis TV network for the past three months, according to PW Insider. It was noted that the initial hope was to have this deal done by early July, but that hasn't happened. Initial or Impact officials reportedly planned to announce that they were moving to Axis the Monday after the recent Slammiversary 17 pay-per-view, if that timeline worked out as they were hoping. The deal for Axis was never finalized. It was then that the potential purchase would not have changed, or, or that this potential purchase of the company, uh, this is kind of going out of order even in this thing here, but their, their TV deal fell through, and then they decided, well, we can still get the TV deal if we just buy the company. So they went to Axis to try to purchase Axis instead, right? And they say they've been going for three months here, right? But then Axis came out and said the following, that Axis is not interested in exploring a buyout with Anthem. Things appear very unstable at Anthem Media, employees on edge. It is a very dysfunctional company. If you know Ed Nordholm, it makes perfect sense. Incompetent doesn't do the man justice. So... Here we go again. And to me, this is just still the comedy of errors going on with Impact Wrestling. And again, it's, it's, this, it's a curse. And again, this past week, I tried to give it a chance. I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch an episode. And I just couldn't get through it. I, it's just weird. I, it just feels I think it's weird. a cursed promotion, though. I think it's a cursed promotion. I think ever since, you know, uh, weirdo Jeff Jarrett started a promotion, which right there should have told told you that this was doomed uh it's just been a shit show from day one now there was some highs and there's definitely been some extreme lows but i think we just need to wrap this shit up just you know let's all play uh um closing time by that one band and let's just get everyone out the door because just stop and here's the other thing access tv is owned by mark cuban mark cuban's not going to sell his network to ed northam yeah. I was on Access TV, not me personally, but Titan Fighting Championship was on Access TV, originally known as HDNet. The reason it changed from HDNet to Access TV is because Mark Cuban bought Access tickets and he wanted to have Access be a platform that you were uh, familiar with on TV. And then when you would go to the ticketing site, you would be feeling comfortable purchasing tickets for your favorite concert. That's why they do a lot of concerts on that program. 
There's your little fun fact. But Mark Cuban has a huge ego. Didn't know if anyone knew that, but he does. So he's not just going to sell because, oh, we just need to sell. Unless, obviously, the number's right because he's a businessman. And that's probably why it took three months to say, like, hey, what number are you going to come up with, Ed, in Anthem Sports or Anthem, whatever it is, mm-hmm. entertainment? And then they said it's going to be this dollar, which is way lower than what they would take. And then they were like, you guys are dysfunctional shit shows, so well, get yeah. out of here. It was addressed here, too, that uh, that Anthem in and of itself does not have the money to purchase access. They would need a right. private investment. So it just didn't yeah. even make any sense. Yeah, and that's and again, been, they've done things that don't make sense from the very beginning. Right. Yeah. Outside of an AJ style Samoa Joe ascension and some cool, you know, aces and eights there for a second and bully Ray, man, we just need to forget about this. Let's just throw it away and, you know, start all over. Sell the video library to WWE so they can put it on your network or put it on their network so we can get all the Kurt Angle matches that were awesome. But yeah, overall. Just stop it, guys. This is bad. Just need to stop. And they're losing talent, too, right? Uh, Eli Drake left. Um, Their champion, Johnny Impact, apparently has left. So it's like, who's even there? Brian Cage is a good wrestler, but not like, you know, uh, mainstay, put your flag down and look at this guy. It's just like, that guy's cool. And so that guy's cool is the one that's leading your promotion. You ain't got a good promotion at that level. The Spanish announce table. All right, so Drew McIntyre just beat the dog stuffing out of Cedric Alexander. And, um, I mean, yeah, I guess that's what you do with the big guy heel and the, you know, young guy. But I I don't know that this is going to do anything, right? Yeah, this was throwaway to me. There's nothing... There's not much I can say because honestly, yeah. nothing happened. I mean, what is it like? I guess, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand if this, if the recent Cedric Alexander stuff was just so we could have Drew beat him up and go, oh, what a bad guy. Like, I guess, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess at least somebody else got on TV. I guess, but I don't. Is this the match we're gonna get at SummerSlam? Like, I don't. That seems odd. Yeah, I have zero idea. I really don't know what they're doing. I don't really have much to say because. They didn't really do much. The Spanish announce table. Okay, so we were reunited with Raw and then SmackDown, and, you know, there was no other real big events, I think, going on. So, um, you know, uh, I think that was our overarching theme of, all right, guys, what are we doing? Like, it just... uh... I I thought it was an okay week. I thought SmackDown delivered a really solid episode of pro wrestling for a two-hour program. I think, though, uh, like you stated, the Raw reunion kind of left us with a bad taste in our mouth. Again, nothing was bad about it, but that's not a good thing either. Uh, So going into SmackDown, we were kind of lethargic and kind of apathetic to what we were seeing. So I don't think the episode hit hit home as well as it could have if you would have had a hot Raw episode going in. Um, And yeah, Raw reunion happened. It is what it is. We saw Tori Wilson. We saw the first uh, woman to win uh, the 24-7 title in Kelly Kelly. Uh, we got to see um, the the paint-by-numbers damn spot and then also the click-hug spot. So we got that shit in, as we always do. 
And it was fine. I still think Candice Michelle is the rightful 24-7 champion. Because didn't Medusa just steal it from her? And then DiBiase bought it. And then Drake stole it from him. And, you know, like, I, I don't think Michelle ever lost I'll be 100% honest with you, Tim. I don't know. And I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to do the research. Yeah, I definitely am not going to do the research. We don't fact check anyway. So with that, we will leave you uh, with a goodbye for now. Because we will be back next week for episode 271 of the Spanish Announce Table. The Spanish Announce Table.